Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send us your questions on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And we will be sure to get back to you just as soon as we are in the studio together again. Well, today is Monday, the 26th of April. April is almost done. Doug, how's it going today? It is almost done. We're almost into May, which is really hard to believe. Uh, And, um, you know, did you know there was a UFC event in Jacksonville last week? I had no idea. I didn't. didn't Why didn't you tell me, man? (laughs) I didn't know. I wanted to get Uh, tickets, but it sold out like like super quick. uh, Brady was there and Tim yeah. Tebow was there. Yeah. I heard. Uh, anyway, well, uh, they had no uh, restrictions. That it was fully packed, and then no mask mandate either. So it, was, it know, made you know, national cool. news, man, yeah. about that. Uh, and uh, so, uh, yeah, that was kind of big news. I guess uh, it, it was uh, it was a a big fight. I guess a guy got hurt. They lost, right? He got a pretty bad. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not in the championship fight, but Chris Weidman. Yeah, he uh, broke his uh, his ankle or his uh, what his uh, leg snapped in half. It's yeah, by his calf. Yeah, and which was kind of ironic because he came into prominence. Uh, he beat this guy Anderson Silva, um, and then in their rematch, that happened to Anderson Silva. So then, like, then it happened to him. It's like, oh man, that's pretty ironic. It, yeah, I mean, it's it's really it was bad. Apparently, yeah. it was nasty. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty graphic. Yeah. So anyway, that was uh, that was going on here in uh, Jacksonville. Um, you know, kind of in the national news, uh, there's been, I guess, other shootings that. Uh, apparently seem like good shoots as far mm-hmm. as like one in one instance i was reading about a police officer um be, stopped a car and a guy came running at him with two butcher knives oh, i mean wow. they were big butcher knives and but people got upset about that um and you know again people are calling for tasers you know yeah. you can't use a non-lethal uh response to a lethal weapon and uh, a knife is always considered a lethal weapon Mm -hmm. the only time you can do that is if you have an officer as backup who has a lethal uh, response what you you could do that but you have to have a lethal weapon especially on on anybody with a lethal weapon yeah uh and so again people who are kind of speaking to these things uh don't have any training into it most Mm -hmm. most of the people making these kind of comments or either politicians or people that just haven't been educated on the particular issues of using lethal or non-lethal force. Um, and I, I just think we, we need to pray, pray for police officers in our country. Uh, a lot of them are quitting, which, you know, the one thing we don't want is chaos and mob rule, whatever, mm-hmm. wherever you live in this country, 
you do not want there to be a lack of law enforcement capability out there because when that happens, we see what happens. We see it in uh, Seattle. We see it in Portland. We see it in other places where Minnesota, where they they have not uh, really been engaged because of fear of repercussions. So um, anyway, we we need to just uh, pray for the leaders of our country as we uh, continue. And I, I just heard today that uh, uh, the Attorney General is unveiling a second probe federal probe of police of police department in uh, less than a week mm. um you know he's looking at the louisville police department oh, over really? the brianna taylor i think i don't know if it's unless it's a i, I think it may be related to that it I just mean, said that he's looking into louisville i would imagine uh, it's related to that yeah. yeah so again how much of this is for show how much of it is politics related we don't know but as believers let's just pray for the uh, leaders of our country and continue to uh, pray for those who serve whether they're uh, first responders uh, in law enforcement or fire rescue emts that's a tough job because Mm -hmm. all those people when they get called out it's for a bad thing usually yeah and you can suffer from what's called Knights of the Round Table Syndrome, where all you get called out for is the bad stuff, mm. and you just kind of can become numb to it. So uh, we need to continue to pray for them. And by the way, in those career fields, uh, divorce is very high normally. Mm-hmm. And so we need to pray for their families, you know, their families. They they all are in that thing together. So uh, and. uh what else in the news? Usually, if you're just tuning in, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing We uh, Advancing Truth. And um, I don't know if you saw Taylor, a federal judge dismissed the lawsuit up in Connecticut uh, by some uh, four females that had sued because saying that a transgender boy who said he was really a girl. And another one, two of them, had a unfair biological advantage in the state relays or for the track. state competitions mm-hmm. for track. And the judge threw it out because they because they have graduated. It took so long to go through the system now oh. that uh, he said it's a moot point because they're out of school, the, the school now. And that's just, it's it still, I think, should somebody's going to have to bring this up to the supreme well, court that because, is something that the court does on in a lot of instances say oh well there's no ground for standing because uh, you know the time frame basically has changed and uh, i know that that was happening in new york where um they would be you know protesting or through the the legal means uh, the lockdown measures and so they would change the measure right before it would come up to uh the court and the court would say oh well you know you don't have standing now because that that measure is gone well guess you know. what the excuse was for not expediting covid mm. it's the excuse for everything yeah fedex late with your package sorry covid i mean it, covid covid is the standard excuse now for everything and listen i'm not saying that it hadn't affected things but you get people use that excuse they covid they just say covid and that's the excuse for not allowing stuff. So Yeah, and it's just kind of, you know, as far as with the legal system, I know that there's, 
the way that, and I don't know enough about it, there's the way, the procedures that are, you know, we, we want to stick to procedures, but it's just interesting to me that they, you, you can say that someone doesn't have standing because the time has has passed, which I, I would imagine the, the the underlying question would still be one that's valid and that would need to be an, have an answer to, so it just seems like a way to, to punt on an issue instead of deal with it. But. Well, uh, I, I, there was a high school coach out in Oregon who's calling for an end to the mask mandate because one of his athletes collapsed Mm -hmm. because literally they would have to wear the mask while they're competing, which is crazy. And And I don't know if you saw Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, who's the White House coronavirus advisor this weekend, said, well, you know, he sees a change coming from the CDC on outdoor mask wearing. Uh, which is funny because a lot of people still wear masks even when they're by themselves riding a bike or jogging or walking outside. And listen, it is, and Fauci himself even said that, you know, when you're outside, the wind blows whatever comes out of a person's uh, mouth or nose into the atmosphere. And it's highly unlikely that that's going to impact. And I think back to a year ago, when they closed down the beaches and because mm. they didn't know initially, obviously, hmm. but now they do. I think, and, and they might, you know, the thing is, uh, well, I'm, when president Trump was up there, what I'm saying is I don't think he fully knew right away how, how dangerous the biological, okay. company. He, yeah, you know, I he thought, thought it, no, yeah. no, no. He thought it could be, you know, this biological warfare and they, yeah, they yeah. needed to make sure. But then after a while, it became pretty clear that outside and then they've gone back and forth so many times. It's like a tennis match here, there, you know, don't wear, wear. And so, but it was nice to hear him say that, um, the it's pretty, it's pretty, this is his direct quote. It's pretty common sense that outdoor risk is really, really, really quite low. <laughs> that's that's like uh so i mean fauci talks out of both sides of his mouth so i mean he's been doing this since the beginning you know you can literally play different clips of him which would be an argument against himself if you like cut him back to back of i would you know, love to see works, that you should do that work. <laughs> you should work on a and a montage of that because I, I remember last july the cdc actually put on their website that masks do not prevent coronavirus. They actually had a statement on the CDC website. Then it was taken down a, a month or two later. And so, uh, anyway, all that to say, I know we got to go to our first break here pretty soon. I do want to tell my mom and dad, I know they're listening right now with my brother because I just talked to him before I came on and they were looking forward. So we nice. are getting into, just to let them know, what do you do when you and others in the church have a big disagreement This is the week we're talking about division in the church. The first time in Scripture we see that is Acts chapter 6, and we're going to see how God deals with that. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWATradioTalk is the handle. That is at SWATradioTalk. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. That is Need to Breathe with Brother. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we talk about the news of the day in the first segment of the day, each uh, day that we're in the studio, except for, you know, really Friday. And then we start to get into um, what we are going to be looking at in the Scripture. And this week it's Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7, uh, talking about the the first uh, instance that we have recorded of division uh, amongst the believers and how they handled that. So it's called a schism, yeah. a split. So have you ever been a church that had a split or a big division over a particular issue? Mm, not while I was there, when we left the church, like moved down here, I know one happened up in Charlotte where we were. Do at, you remember so. what it was about? Mm-mm. Okay. So I want to give you 25 things that people have gotten into arguments and left the church over or they've had a church split over. Hmm. Okay. You ready? Yeah. It's like, you know, they used to be a 25, you know, for Johnny Carson. He used to have a long time ago, an argument over whether the fake dusty plants should be removed from the podium or not. Uh (laughs) I'm kidding you not. These are real authentic reasons that people have gotten into arguments in a church and either left, or the church has actually had a split over. 24, a fight over whether or not to sing happy birthday each week. <laughs> a dispute over where the church should allow people to wear black T-shirts since they considered black representative darkness in the in the clothes you wear, like or, oh. or somberness. Uh-huh. Okay? An argument over whether to have gluten-free communion bread or not. <laughs> All right. Seriously. Uh, some church members left the church because one church member hid the vacuum cleaner from them, and it resulted in a major church fight and split. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, you're, this is real 
stuff in the American church. Okay. This is all these are churches in our country. Okay. An argument in church over who has access to the copy machine. (laughs) You know, as a member, I should have access Uh to the copy machine. All right. A church member was chastised because she brought vanilla syrup to the coffee server and it looked too much like liquor. (laughs) Uh, Wow. A disagreement over using the term pot luck instead of pot blessing. (laughs) Okay, these are ridiculous, but they're true. All these things really happen. This is not made up. These are actual things people split or left over or an argument over who has the authority to buy stamps for the church uh an argument on whether the church should allow deviled eggs at the church meal (laughs) oh my gosh only if it's balanced with angel food cake right (laughs) okay all right major conflict when the youth borrowed a crock pot that had not been used for years and they had a split over that okay Two different churches reported fights over the type of coffee. In one of the churches, they moved from Folgers to Starbucks. In the other, they moved to a stronger blend, and members left the church in the latter example. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Um, Business meetings, arguments about whether the church should purchase a weed eater or not. And it took two business meetings to resolve the issue because of the conflict conflict wow okay um a dispute in the church because the lord's supper celebration had cran grape instead of pure grape juice (laughs) (laughs) okay all right this is all right now we're getting to the top 10 a big church argument over the discovery that the church budget and this is not a joke was 10 cents off what somebody finally gave him a dime and said just call it clear yeah you know uh, a dispute over whether the worship leader should have his shoes on during the service or not Uh, a uh, petition to have all church staff clean shaven oh no facial hair a fight over whether a picture of Jesus should be put in the foyer. I want to know who took the picture. <laughs> okay. A 45-minute heated argument over the type of filing cabinets to purchase. Black, brown, gray, two, three, or four drawers. These are really things that people get in fights and division over within a church. A church argument and vote to decide if a clock in the worship should be removed, they didn't think they should have a clock there. You know, I guess, you know, they didn't want a clock to be a reminder to anybody of what time it is. They just wanted people to come in there and worship. Mm. Uh, a church dispute over whether or not to install restroom stall dividers in the women's restroom. I. Right. Don't know why that'd be controversial. Okay, so here's the thing. If you're going to do it in the women, you got to have a stall divider for the men, too. Right. <laughs> okay. Because men, at least women talk when they go into the bathroom <laughs> together. Men don't talk to each other. That's just something you don't do. Because if you start talking to me in the bathroom, I'm going to go, okay, this guy's weird. Right. So I'm not going to do that. All right. Uh, three, a deacon accusing another deacon of sending an anonymous letter 
and deciding to settle the matter in the parking lot. This is like high school, right? Second, fighting over whether or not to build a children's playground or to use the land for a cemetery. (laughs) Okay, and the number one (laughs) wackiest thing that people have split or been divided over in a church is an argument. I mean, this is not the most popular. It's the most wacky. An argument over the appropriate length of the worship pastor's beard. I mean, okay, so this is just weird. All these things are wild, but it just goes to show you that Satan is alive and well. And, you know, churches... Churches are hospitals, right? Spiritual hospitals. You got a lot of wounded people, a lot of sick people that are coming, and we should come there. That's where we come to get fed and to be encouraged by the body. Um, but the sickness we all suffer from is sin. Mm-hmm. And those wounds that uh, tend to affect us, most of the time the consequences are for our own sin or somebody else's sin. And, and the one sin that really dominates a lot is a lack of forgiveness if you have not heard our interview with a guy named chris carrier k-c-a-r-r-i-e-r if you go to swatradio.com website and do a search and put in chris c-h-r-i-s carrier c-a-r-r-i-e-r you will listen to a story of a a young, when he was a young man, he was like in fifth grade, he was kidnapped, shot in the head, and left to die in the Mm. Everglades. And Chris was used by God to lead the guy that shot him years later as the guy was a few weeks away from dying to Christ and then minister to him the last few days of his life. It's a beautiful picture of forgiveness. But as believers, we should be able to forgive one another and kindness and be compassionate and because of the love that's been given us we should be able to do it but a lot of times what happens with church issues of of division or when we get in arguments with people within the church over logistics a lot of those things were logistical items Mm -hmm. right uh people try to manipulate people there tends to be political things what does the pastor want i want to be on his side when really a lot of times there's not a biblical black and white to anything uh, issue. It's just not clear. It is simply just two, um, you know, two people that have differing opinions. And so people will go, well, we, we should do this because, and they inject their convictions a lot of time that aren't theology. They're just their mm-hmm. personal convictions. And so, this week, as we look at Acts 6, 1 through 7, we see a real issue in the first church. People were being neglected, and that is a real problem. When you have anybody in a church, the gathering of the church, the believers, and a group is being neglected for any reason, that's a problem because people should be able to come there and feel equally valued in the church. It's not that everything is going to be given all equal. It's not socialism. It's just but we all are should be valued and not overlooked. And so, you know, and I encourage you, if you're listening to this and you're part of a church community, a faith community, when you go to church on Sunday, don't just go for what you get. 
go in there with the attitude. If you see somebody you've never seen before, you've never met them before, go up and introduce yourself to them. Put yourself out there a little bit and just say, hey, I don't think I've ever met you. My name is, in my case, Doug McCary. And um, have you been coming here long? Oh, yeah, I've been coming here five years. Wow. (laughs) Okay, wow, it's taken me a long time to meet you. I Well, welcome. My name is Doug, and, uh, you know, I'm glad you're here. And and, and ask some questions like, where did you come from? Or, you know, um, did you move here from somewhere else? Did you grow up in the city or whatever? But when we come to the church family and the church community, the whole idea is believers coming together to grow in Christ's likeness. Do you think people felt valued by Jesus when they met him? Yeah. They did. If if you ask on a survey in the American church, you just went to churches all over the country, different denominations, different gatherings, and you said, all the people, do you feel valued when you walk in here? What kind of response do you think you would get? Mm. I mean – a lot of people say, you know, I, I go and nobody even knows my name or yeah. I've been going there for 10 years and, you know, I left and nobody even knew I left. That doesn't show value. Right. And so when we talk about the church, it, it the church is the body of Christ. It is it is the believers who are coming together to grow in Christ likeness to be more like Jesus, to seek and save the lost. And if you remember in Acts chapter 2 is when the Holy Spirit came and we see Peter's first sermon, how many people came to Christ? 3,000. 3,000 people. So the church exploded from 120 to 3,000. The apostles, instead of now being 1 to 10 ratio, now they were 1 to 30. And so that's a huge logistical problem. And when we come back, we're going to look at what happened in Acts 2, 3, 4, and 5 to what led to what's happening now in Acts 6. And we're going to get into the initial parts of dealing with division and distraction in the church. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of you who listen online wherever you are in the country or around the world. We'd also like to give a shout-out to our local listeners uh, listening at 91.7 here in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. We appreciate you guys. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. Radio that was casting crowns with nobody. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter six, verses one through seven this week, and uh, we'll be talking and uh, discussing about division in the church and what to do um, when that arises uh, for us in our time now, and how we can uh, learn from what the Bible has to say about that. Yeah, and we were just doing a little review of Acts just for people. If you're just tuning in, 
What we do each week at our SWAT Bible studies, by the way, if you're not plugged into a a good group of men in the area here in Jacksonville, we do five Bible studies each week, but they're more than Bible studies. It's a community of men around the word with a passion to be like Jesus. And uh, we meet in five different locations. If you go to SWATradio.com, you can go there and see where we meet. We start Wednesday morning at 630 and uh and then we we do uh two on wednesday two on thursday and one on friday that you can join so lots of options for you and the one thursday night is a zoom option and if you want to know more about that you can email me at doug at swat radio.com that's doug at swat radio.com and uh right now we're in the book of acts and we're in acts chapter six this week on the radio which means we covered Acts six one through seven last week in the meeting so Whatever we cover in the Bible study during the week, it's the next week on the radio, Taylor and I will sit and kind of talk about those things. And so now we're looking at Acts 6, 1 through 7. And just to bring you up to date in case you're not familiar with the book of Acts, it's written by Luke to a guy named Theophilus. It's a letter in the Bible that was written to help this guy who is a believer learn what it means to grow in Christ. And and he unfolds how those who follow Jesus – had the Holy Spirit in them, and how the church was born and grew and continues today through us. And so it, in Acts chapter 2, we saw the first sermon by Peter under the power of the Holy Spirit. Nobody had ever had that in them uh, permanently uh, before that. They had had moments where the Spirit would come upon them, but it began to indwell permanently uh, in Acts chapter 2 after Jesus left the earth. In Acts chapter 1, Peter preached. Uh, 3,000 people came to Christ. Christ, by the way, back in the Old Testament, when Moses received the law, just as a reminder, and uh, he came down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments. The children of Israel were engaged in immorality. 3,000 people died. No coincidence there. Hmm. The law brings death. The Spirit gives life. That's why Paul wrote what he wrote, because he understood that. He knew that. And so Peter preaches a message of life. The Holy Spirit's poured out there. The apostles are doing signs and wonders to validate that they are messengers of the one true living God, and they are disciples of Jesus of Nazareth. So in Acts chapter 3, after these 3,000 believers come in, uh, Peter and John go to the temple, and they heal a guy, just like Jesus did, and when they heal him, then Peter stands up and begins to share and teach and preach. And what happened is more people come to Christ uh, because um, they get arrested by the council. That's the Sanhedrin. And we see the first persecution. So we saw the first sermon in Acts. Now we see the first persecution in Acts 4. And as they preached to those people, you know, at the temple before they were arrested, Another 5,000 men and probably their wives and children came to Christ, or some of them did. So now there's anywhere between eight to 15,000 believers and disciples who were uh, followers of Jesus. And so they were told not to do it anymore. They were released. Uh, and once they were released, they continued to do it. And uh, then we see Satan go, okay persecution from the outside is not going to work i'm going to try sin on the inside 
And one of the things that was happening was all these thousands of people had come from other parts of the world. They didn't have any food. They didn't have jobs or homes, but they couldn't go back to where they were because there was no church. The church was there in Jerusalem. And so they began selling property and bringing the money to the disciples or the apostles. The apostles would then take it and distribute it to the people as needed. And uh, when that happened, there was this couple named Ananias and Sapphira, and they pretended to sell their property for more than it was worth or more than they had actually sold it or for less than they had sold it for. They only brought a portion, and we see the first sin in the church dealt with corporately. Peter goes and confronts first Ananias, uh, and then later he confronts uh, Sapphira, his wife, and they die. God kills them on the spot. And he makes an example of them in the same way he did with Achan back in the book of Joshua when they came into the promised land because God says, no, my church has to be pure. And if you remember last week, we, we looked at God calls his church to be a church of purity, uh, a holiness. He wants it to be uh, a church with a compelling witness. We see that in the apostles. They had this apostolic power to do it. But uh, And people today might go, well, how can we have a compelling witness? We can't do miracles. God can still do miracles. But the greatest miracle um, that I've seen personally is a transformed life. It's somebody who was one way and God changed their life to another. And the Bible itself is a miracle, right? (coughs) Excuse me. So many people. (coughs) Sorry, uh, Taylor. So many people. want to see these great signs and the greatest sign that God gave us was his word. And so, uh, he calls us to be a compelling witness and he calls us to have a bold endurance as we go through persecution. And that's what happened. Even though they were arrested a second time and told to stop preaching in the name of Jesus, they continued. And then we see this guy named Gamaliel raised up to protect them. Gamaliel was a Pharisee, and he was a great grandson of Hillel, one of the two greatest Pharisees in the history of the Pharisees, uh, Hillel and Shammai, and um, and so Gamaliel also mentored Saul, the apostle, who became Paul, who wrote a lot of the New Testament, and so that we see God's sovereignty, and we we kind of talked about that last week, but then we come into chapter six. And at the beginning of chapter 6, it says, In these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose. So here we see Satan attacking from uh, division and trying to bring dissension in the inside. And I want to have you read it, but I want to just lay out for people what this text is going to lay out for us. First thing we're going to see in verse 1 is the problem of division and distraction. Then in verses 2 through verses 4, we're going to see the priority that God sets for his shepherds, his under-shepherds. And then in verses 5 through 7, we're going to see the people that God uses to lead in the church. So today we're going to look at the problem. Tomorrow uh, we're going to look at the priority of God's shepherd. And then Wednesday we'll look at the people God uses. So I want you to read verses 1 through 7 of chapter 6. And we're going to come back and we'll talk about uh, the problem. All right. Now, in these these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. 
And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, Stephen excuse me, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip and Procurus, Procorus, Procorus. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, Procorus. Okay, and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas, Parmenas and Nicholas and a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Man, those were some some tough names. (laughs) Those are all Hellenistic names. They're all Greek names. And uh, it's not easy sitting over there sometimes, (laughs) is it? We have to read through names like that. Uh, No, that's, that's fine. You know, the uh, here's the thing. you got thousands of people, somewhere between fifteen and 30,000 disciples now in Jerusalem with physical and sp- spiritual needs, all explosively on the scene. I mean, from 120 to 15 to 20,000. And so you got to have collection of money, food, organization of the teaching, how to meet these needs. And, you know, in the West, there's two extremes as it relates to the local bodies of believers. You've got this corporation mentality or, you know, an organization or organized chaos over here, unorganized chaos, I mean. So the church, however, is not a corporation. It is an organism. Organisms are internally influenced and driven, right? Mm -hmm. But corporations are externally influenced and driven. So being led by the Holy Spirit doesn't mean chaos, but it also doesn't mean that you decide to build a structure without the Spirit's leading. And I know we got to go to a break, and and I'll give you a quick example, and when we come back, I'll give you a couple of church examples. Um, When we started SWAT, we had two men and my two sons and i just started teaching daniel we just showed up uh at the uh place we were meeting and i said okay next week we're going to look at chapter two next week we're going to look at chapter three well when you go from four to now we got about 150 and 180 guys that come in a one month time period it requires a lot more coordination to figure out how we're going to accommodate 150 guys and getting them the information and and helping them grow and then also mobilizing them to do outreach efforts to go serve in the community to go on mission there's a lot more required right yeah and so i had to have help and guys like dave wilbert dave humphreys brad sykes john heinzel chuck baker help me with structure and thinking through some of those issues because as you grow you can't i mean imagine having a restaurant and your your normal service is 120 people a week and then the next week, you've got 30,000 people. Yeah. Imagine the headaches that's going to bring. So when we come back, we're going to look at this problem that was going on specifically with the widows, the Hellenistic widows, and how the pattern of taking care of widows was important and really what the Holy Spirit says here about how we should look at those kind of issues. 
All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. That is David Crowder with Red Letters. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7 this week. Um, so if you have any questions about what we talked so uh, talked about so far, we would like to join the discussion. Please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, you know, Taylor, when you look at what was going on and the explosive growth they had, and you look at um, the fact that, I mean, they didn't really have an instruction manual. Mm -hmm. I mean, God just said, go wait, and then they start preaching and all these people start coming. And I find it interesting that God didn't lay out a pattern for how they were to do it except in the Old Testament pattern. You remember when um, uh, when Moses' father-in-law said, hey, you're going to kill yourself if you keep mm-hmm. trying to handle everybody's problems, so mm-hmm. why don't you get people underneath you, and they'll have people underneath them, and when they can't handle it, then you step in. That was the pattern that they had for dealing with problems and leadership. And so the disciples had 12. There were 12 apostles there. But all of a sudden now they have thousands and thousands of people they got to care for and figure out how to meet the needs of. And what happened was, and you read it early, you know, in, in the first verse where it said that they a complaint by the hellness arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. So every day they were distributing food and and trying to help widows. That was very much a practice of the Old Testament. And Jewish pattern was to take care of widows. All throughout the Old Testament, you see God commanding his people to care for orphans, widows, and the stranger, the sojourner, the needy. And so 1 Timothy 5 continues that. It didn't stop just because we're in the New Testament now. 
James 1 says this is pure and undefiled religion. What? To care for widows and orphans. And I asked the guys the other day, I don't know if you're listening out there um, and you're a part of a church, but I I really encourage you to go up and ask your pastor, your leaders, hey, do we have a widow's list? Do we know who the widows are in our body? Are we caring for these widows? Um, that's something that we should be doing. We should be reaching out and caring for the widows, the orphans, and those that are in need. Um but I, you know, I want to get back to this issue of division and distraction and what the organization of the church looks like. I made a comment about it. A, a corporation is what a lot of what we call church in the West looks like, like a business. In fact, a lot of businessmen end up being on the elder boards for churches, and they put a lot of what I call framing in place or structures in place without input from the Holy Spirit on the front end. They do it on the back end. And by that, I mean, if you have a church, and let's say, all right, let's say God brings, I'll use the NFL athletes. Let's say God brought 10 NFL athletes to your church. All these guys have been in the NFL. They're no longer in NFL. Would you say those people have specific needs? Yeah. They deal with a lot of different things, like because mm-hmm. yeah. they've been playing at a very high elite level, and they struggle uh, when they come out of that. Yep. Their life has been very visible in a lot of ways, and they've they they've been given almost everything from from the time they're in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go into their pregame meals, it's like a, a <laughs> unbelievable buffet, right? I mean, yeah. it's just so they come out of that, and then they have to kind of survive and figure out what to do, look for identity, because a lot of times it was caught up in that. But 10 guys come to the church, uh, the same church, and it's not because the church reached out to them, they just God brought them there. And the church goes, okay, we've got all these athletes, um, and they have special ministry needs. Maybe we should minister to them and build a, a way to minister to them, uh, pull, put a frame around what it looks like to minister to them. And so what you're doing in that case is the Holy Spirit's moving, and then you're framing out what it would look like. Now, on the other end, you've got Church B over here that has a lot of people in it, a lot of financial resources. They like football. And they go, hey, wouldn't it be cool to have a ministry to former NFL guys? Because they talked to a guy one time, found out there's a need there, and they build a framework there with nobody there who's experienced that like they have and say, okay, now Holy Spirit, bless us. We built it. Now come almost like field of dreams. Mm. You build it and mm-hmm. they'll come. That's the way we do a lot of church ministry today. And whether it's special needs children or whether it's divorce care or whether it's uh, addiction recovery, a lot of times instead of um, letting the Holy Spirit go where he moves, framing out that we have ideas of a better way to grow a church numerically or to, you know, grow into our community into areas that God says, no, I, this is where I'm moving. And so that creates problems because we end up being more like an, a corporation driven by externals rather than internally by the Holy Spirit. And so, an organization is externally influenced, but an organism 
is internally influenced. And being led by the Holy Spirit, um, the church the church accommodates the Holy Spirit, not vice versa. I mean, what I'm saying is that we only add structure where it's needed. You don't build a structure for something that's not yet there. Mm. Uh, you don't see a pattern of that here. And so the biblical church always accommodates the ministries that the Holy Spirit begins. And that's where we should look, first of all, with this problem of division and distraction. What What is God doing? How is he moving here? Um, but in, And remember, Satan is always going to try to attack the church that is really trying to obey God and follow God and, and be a witness for him through persecution, sin in the camp. And if those things don't work, then he'll bring division. And like it, not like the things I read earlier, but mm-hmm. like gossip, politics, power struggles, those kind of things. And so we've got to be aware of this division and distraction. It is a tactic of the enemy. And so it is a real problem. And so how we deal with it is, first of all, recognizing that we've got to be internally driven by the Spirit to deal with these issues. And notice it said in verse 1, it says, when they were increasing in number, uh, a complaint. That word there literally means murmuring. You know what a murmur is? Mm. What does it mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you, have you ever done that with Ari, your wife? Yeah. What does she say? What'd you say? <laughs> and what do you say after she says that? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Because you get mad. You don't want to say it out loud. Why don't you want to say those things out loud? <clears throat> Why do we say it under our breath, you think? Because I do it too. Uh, I guess because we know what the reaction will be. Well, we know what the reaction will be. And we're we're afraid to really express what we feel, right? Well, these. Why do you think the Hellenist would have been afraid to express what they felt? Why were they murmuring about it? Well, I would imagine because uh, they're in a you know in Jerusalem, and most people are you know living under the law, and even if they're not now that they're Christians, they're still the traditions. And they're kind of outsiders, foreigners, and probably well, yeah, because they live in another country, and even though they're Jewish, do, do you think American Christians look down on other Christians that come to our country? Maybe they're, they're not as educated as we are, or they don't really. And I, I'm I'm not saying everybody does this, but I think there can be a tendency to mm-hmm. that. You know, we you know we 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 can tend to overinflate our importance. Right. Here, this is our country. When people come here, and and we we're it's not that we're rude to them, but you know if you're giving out things, you tend to give to those that are most like you. Yeah. All right. And so they probably were afraid because the apostles were mm-hmm. Israeli, right. Palestinian Jews, right? <clears throat> and so when they didn't want to voice that. And so it says uh, it because their widows were being overlooked. And and then it says the 12 summoned the full number of disciples. And I find that interesting. They called all the people together, thousands of people. And you go, well, how did they do that? I don't know how they did that. But that's probably not what most churches would do today. They're not going to call, okay, we're going to have a congregational meeting. We want to hear from everybody on this. Most of the time, it tends to be led by committee or by a senior pastor or a staff, 
executive pastor who kind of this is an issue. Then they go to the body. They may take input from people, but they don't. They don't want to take a chance on calling everybody hmm. together because you're going to get a lot of different voices crying out, right? But that's what they did, and I find that interesting. That that's what they did. They uh, the ministry became hindered because of logistics, which was real, and and it was a real issue. But when the complaint and the murmuring arose, the the leaders, the apostles said, hey, let's get everybody together. And that's what they did. And when they did that, they were able to sit down and share what the priority was for them and what the need was to remedy the problem. And so uh, that's really the, the this whole idea of the problem. you got to identify the problem first. And you've got to get solutions from the people that are most affected by the problem. Why? Because they're the ones dealing with the real issue, aren't mm-hmm. they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if I'm not if I'm not really dealt with that issue, and I don't have any experience in that issue, which they had never had any experience in this. This was logistical growth that they had never experienced before. Needs out there that they they didn't have to minister on that big of a scale, except what when they had to feed five thousand one time. But Jesus was there with them then, yeah. And um, and so this is this is a new thing for them, and it, they deal with it in a great way. And when we come back, we might give a little teaser for tomorrow for how you deal with it. So to come back, and to, that's it, man. This this is oh, this is yeah, it. this is oh, it. Wow, the time has <laughs> time flown. Flies, I was thinking yeah. we were got we had another segment. Yeah, wow. no, we we are done. So you got to make sure you tune in tomorrow. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening 